2 Kings chapter number 6, 2 Kings 6, and we'll start reading in verse number 1. We're going to break it down verse by verse, and then we'll go uh, verse by verse to go through it, and then we'll, we'll get to the end there. So in verse number 1, the Bible says, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold, now the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, and we pray thee unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam. And let us make us a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servant. And he answered, I will go. And so he went with them. And when they came to Jordan, they cut down wood. And uh, verse 5, But as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Verse 6. And the man of God said, Where fell it at? Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron, and the iron did swim. Hmm? Therefore, he said, Take it up thee. And he put out his hand, and he took it. So we're going to talk about this axe head swimming. Now, <clears throat> we'll get there at the end. But as you look at this miracle that takes place, um, it's as we've looked at all the miracles, uh, we would call him what is called the miracle prophet. And we've looked at different miracles that he's done. A lot of the miracles that he did were, pro were, were big miracles, were miracles that he did. And, and it involved uh, maybe even raising the debt. Uh, and then taking oil and making it enough oil for to last the, the whole life of that woman. Uh, then we talked about the bread, how he multiplied the bread and how he got the poison out of the pottage. And all the different miracles that he did were what, what you would say were big time miracles. But this is a small miracle. This was something, it was a small problem. But every problem in the, in the Bible, every problem in our life is important. And every problem is, is important to God. And here he shows this in this text that regardless of whether it was the axe head or whether it was a child or whether the woman needed money or whether there was oil that needed to be sold, whatever it was, every problem is important to God. And so no matter where you're at, Christian, Every problem that you have is important to God. And he cares about every problem that you have and cares about every issue that you have and every, every issue that you will have. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6, and everything give thanks for this is the will of God. Not some things, but everything give thanks. You will notice as we've studied this, as we study this and we go into tonight's lesson, there were three previous stories <coughs> that involved the sons of the prophets. Now, as, as we've read this, and maybe you have been here, maybe you have not, but the sons of the prophets are men, men who were in what you would call college studying to be preachers. <coughs> Excuse me. So at this time, these sons of the prophets, they were men that were, that were studying to be pastors, studying to be preachers, studying to be evangelists. And Elisha spent his ministry going around from, from place to place to place to place to place, preaching in the Bible college and teaching in those Bible colleges. You will see three previous stories. The oil that we talked about, that was the wife 
of a son of the prophet. Well, the pottage involved the sons of the prophet. The, the loaves where he multiplied the bread was with the sons of the prophet. So here he comes to the next sons of the prophets. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us where this took place at. It doesn't tell us that it took place at a certain, at a certain Bible college. But look, and what it is, and what it's so important for us to understand this, is that as a pastor and as a preacher of the gospel, there is nobody, there is not a single person in this world that a preacher shouldn't preach to. Look, if I have, a, if I have an opportunity to preach somewhere, guess what? I'm going to go and I'm going to preach. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because an opportunity to preach the gospel and someone get saved is way better than anything else. Look, and why did Elisha do this? He went to all kind. He went all over the place preaching at Bible college. What did he do? He was just trying to train the next person. The Bible says in Second Timothy chapter two and verse number two, he said, "Thou uh, verse two and the things that thou hast heard of me of many among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also." Do you know what my job is as a preacher? is to preach and to teach what I've learned to hand it to the next person. And if it so happens to be at this church and this is where I'm preaching at, then that's what I'm doing. But if it so happens that somebody calls and says, hey, would you come preach for us? Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick my Bible up. And as long as they don't say, well, you can't preach on this and can't preach on this. Well, guess what? I'm going to come and I'm going to go preach there because an opportunity to be able to preach to anybody. Now, look, I know this is where God wants me. I ain't going anywhere. I ain't moving any place, but this is where God wants me. But if an opportunity arises for me to preach, guess what I'm going to go do? I'm going to go preach the gospel. Why? Because it's my job as a preacher to teach them that are behind me. Elisha, what did he do? He spent his earthly ministry, a lot of his earthly ministry, just going from Bible college, basically Bible college, Bible college, Bible college, Bible college, (coughs) preaching to all the young men that he could. It's important as a preacher to preach the gospel and preach to those that come behind. How can we save a generation if we don't preach to the next generation? Hmm? Can't be done. All right? Look, I've preached it. I, when young, years ago, I, I preached at a couple places. And uh, look, I, I went to a church and preached and they didn't do the music like I thought they ought to do the music, and they didn't do what I thought they ought to do, and maybe even they had a couple women preachers, but look, they didn't tell me what I could and couldn't preach on, but guess what? I did preach, and I remember that night sitting in there preaching, and uh, there were, as I got done and gave the invitation, there were hands all over the room. I, I don't even know how many people raised their hand and got saved that night. Even some of the men that were sitting on the platform with me raised their hand and, and, and said they got saved that night. So, hey, regardless regardless of who calls, guess what? If I have an opportunity, I'm going to preach. Sometimes the street corner's all right. I remember one night when, when we was, I, I was a, I was a teenager. Well, I wasn't a teenager. I was an adult. Uh, and uh, I, I was, uh, was I? I was 17, 18 years old. 17, 18 years old. I was an adult. I was 18. At, right? <laughs> We went down to an apartment complex and we were going soul winning. There was a group of, I don't know, 15 or 16 of us out soul winning that night. And, and we had knocked this entire apartment complex. We probably had five people saved or so. And, and uh, we, were, we were getting ready to load up. And, 
And one of the young men that we, we had with us, he was uh, from Crown College in, in Knoxville, Tennessee. And he got up and he started preaching. He stood on the fire hydrant and started just preaching to the crowd. And, and uh, when he started preaching, people come out of the, started coming out of their, uh, Miss Stacy, you got somebody, you got a runner. Uh, we it started coming down the, started coming out of their, <laughs> she started coming down the aisle. Uh, all these people started coming out of their uh, apartments, started coming out to listen to him preach his name. I think it was Jason, wasn't it? That was his name. <coughs> Atchison? Yeah. Okay. So he got up and he preached. Well, then he got done preaching. I was like, all right. He's like, all right, go, Trenton. So I stood up and I preached and uh, just preached salvation, just gave basically the salvation, salvation message, how to get saved. And uh, we got done. Listen, I, I promise you not. I promise you not. I got done preaching. Look, it's nothing that I said. <clears throat> And it was nothing he said. It was all of God, all right? So we got done preaching on, the, uh, on top of that fire hydrant. And, we, and uh, I mean, I'm telling you, by the time I got done preaching, there were probably 20 or 30 people out, outside listening to us preach. And we got done preaching, and people all over the place just standing there listening. And all of a sudden, as soon as I got done preaching, we started going out, and we started talking to the people that were standing there. And I believe there were like 17 people that bowed their head, on their, bowed their head and, and trusted Christ on their, as their personal Savior that, there, that night. What took place? Take an opportunity, the Spirit of God took an opportunity to preach in the middle of nowhere, and God blessed. It's important. Hey, I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach the gospel. Look, and it's not about pay either. He didn't go down there preaching, making sure that he was going to get paid for it either. If a preacher comes in wanting paid, he's, he's got the wrong idea about preaching. I'll preach with or without pay. Because I'm not preaching for pay. Because no one's going to muzzle this ox. You hear what I'm saying? You know what I mean? Does that make any sense? Well, I'm going to put this much money in the plate. You Well, you can't say this. Go ahead. <laughs> right? Okay. All right, number one. Let's look at this. Number one. Let's look at the job for the sons of the prophets. The job came, <coughs> verse number one, look at this. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too what? Straight. What does that mean? It's too small. Where we're at, hey, we're outgrowing the place that we're at. We're outgrowing the Bible college. We're outgrowing the dormitory. We're outgrowing the place where we sleep. We're outgrowing the place where we eat. We're outgrowing the place where we go to class at. <coughs> he said, it's too small for us. And so they understood the job. What was the job that they had to do? Guess what they needed to do? They needed a place to sleep. They, so what, what does it take to build something? It takes some wood. Yeah. Thank you. It took some wood. So what did they have to go do? They have to go out to the woods and start cutting down a tree. They were felling a beam, which means that they were cutting down a tree. With an, an axe. How many, how many of you guys have ever used a chainsaw before? How many of you ladies ever used a chainsaw before? No? Never used a chainsaw? How many of you men ever used a chainsaw? You have one? <laughs> but you've never used one? All right, look. Using a chainsaw and cutting down a tree is not that difficult. It's really not. But can you imagine getting out there and cutting it down a tree with an axe? With a single blade axe, 
just standing there chopping out. Hey, look, I've tried. I've tried to cut down a small tree and I wore myself out doing the small tree, you know. But as you look at this, these men had a job. And their job was to build, was to build themselves a, a, a new dormitory or to build themselves a new cafeteria or to build themselves. A, hey, the place we're getting, Elisha, is too small. <clears throat> but if you notice in this text, there's two things that take place. When they went to go build, what did they, who did they go talk to first before they started building? Elisha. Elisha. Do you know what they wanted? They wanted godly counsel. They went to the preacher and said, hey, what do you think about me doing this? What do you think about us going out there and building this place? They went to godly counsel. They sought godly counsel. There's, the Bible says there's safety in the multitude of counselors. We need to, hey, there's safety in the, in the look, when I make a decision, guess who I ask? Preachers. I have advice. I need to, I need to get advice. I go, to, I go to somebody that I get advice from. I don't go to my friends that tell me, what I need to hear, I go to somebody that would tell me the truth. Advice. Not only did they like his advice, but they liked his company. They liked being around Elisha. <coughs> they saw the need. They saw the understanding. They, they needed a bigger place. They needed a bigger facility. It was too small. They understood that. But then also I see in this, in this text, they shared the load. Look in verse number three, uh, verse number two. Let who? Let who go? Who's us? That's all of us. Look and continue to read in verse number two. And the Bible says, unto Jordan and take thee thence. What? Every man a what? A beam. So who is supposed to be felling a beam? Every man. Every single one of them was supposed to take down a tree. What is the principle in that? Guess what? We're all on the same team. We're all part of this church. Guess what we need to do? We all got to work together. Look, <coughs> we all need to share the load. If you know that a Christian in this room or you know that a Christian outside of this room, maybe not even here tonight, needs help, needs encouragement, needs, a, needs somebody to come by and come beside them, hey, help share their load. Help share the load. Every one of us need to do it. Every man needs to grab a beam. I also say this, the principle in this text as well, is every one of us need a ministry. You say, what ministry do I serve in? You need a ministry. You need to find one. You say, well, I don't know what ministry I can be involved in. Come see me. We'll find a ministry for you to get involved in. Every one of you need a ministry. Every one of us, me included, just preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday nights, that's, that's, that's what I'm supposed to do. I need a ministry that I'm involved in. I need something that I'm doing as a Christian, just like you do. So they go to Elisha, and he says, I will go. Number two, let's look at the loss of the axe head. Okay? In verse number four, and so he went with them, that was Elisha, and when they came down to Jordan, they cut down wood. They came to a place where there was a lot of, lot of trees to be able to cut down, so they began to cut down trees. And the Bible says, but as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water. So think about this for just a moment. Many times in our life, troubles come because of our 
poor conduct. Would you agree? Sometimes we create our own problems because of our poor conduct. Was this trouble because of poor conduct? No. Was he doing anything wrong? Was he acting up? Was he disobeying? Was he not getting on board? Was he, was he doing what, what? He was doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing. He was, fell, he was trying to cut down a tree. He was trying to cut down a beam so they could get that thing down so they could build their new log cabin. He was trying to do what was right. And just because you do something that is right doesn't mean that you won't have trouble. Doesn't mean that you won't have bad experience. It doesn't mean that. And this is what this, I believe a principle in this is the loss of the axe head. The circumstances in the loss was that it wasn't because he was doing bad. Sometimes bad things happen when you're doing good. And that's what took place. I think about the circumstances that he had, but also look at the cry. He says, hey, in verse number five, (coughs) and he cried. Why did he cry? Look at that last statement of verse number five. Why did he cry? It wasn't his axe head. So what does that speak of? It speaks of his poverty. He was a son of the prophet. He was a guy in Bible college and he was broke. He was poor. And he couldn't afford to buy the axe to go to the forest. Go to the woods. He was poor. That tells us that he was poor. But he was using someone else's axe head. He was using someone else's axe. He was doing right. He wasn't doing wrong. There are times in our life, bad experiences will come, and it's not because of you. (coughs) It's because the rain falls on the just And the unjust. He was doing what he was supposed to do. He lost something that wasn't his. He he had a concern. He lost something that wasn't his. Because he was worried about returning it to the guy that it belonged to. What does that mean? We need to return things that belong to other people. If I borrow something, guess what I need to do? Return it. Hey, I try to return things that don't belong to me. I sure don't want to keep it forever. But guess what? There's been times in my life I haven't returned everything I should have returned. But guess what? You probably have too, right? (laughs) But I'm saying this. I say that. Do what? Yeah. Yeah. Bring it back. But he was concerned because it didn't belong to him. He borrowed something. We need to pay back. But we need to pay back to our debtors. Our debts. Right? That's not always fun. (laughs) He lost it. It was a loss. It was a great loss to him because he didn't know what was going on. All right? Number three, and we're done. We're going to land it. <clears throat> we see the job, we see the loss, and lastly, we see the miracle. I want you to look at this miracle, though. There's, 
There's some things that take place before the miracle. (coughs) Hold on. Excuse me. Look in verse number six. And the man of God said, where fell it? Now, I want you to think about this for just a moment. When we ask God to do things, and God does a miracle, sometimes God needs us to do something to get that miracle. Because, look, when Elisha went down there and he asked about that, when he asked about the axe head, he didn't, he didn't say, all right, God bring the axe head back, did he? No. He said, where'd you lose it at? Tell me where you think it went in the water at. See, There are times in our life that when miracles take place, we don't need to ask God for the things that we can do. You know what that means? Don't be lazy. What does that mean? Sometimes (coughs) the things that we ought to do, we ask God to do it so that we won't have to. Does that make sense? No. No? No, I don't. I don't think that uh, if we can do it ourselves, we'll do it. Ask God to do it, but let's help ourselves. In other words, let's go to the doctor. Okay, I'm sick. Oh, Lord, heal me up. You know, let's go to the doctor and find out what's wrong with you. Try to take care of it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. People who say, I ain't going to the doctor. I just pray to God to heal me. No, no. And I'm not being ugly when I say this, but no, sometimes the doctor is there to to help, you know. But